With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello and welcome to the Leads Up podcast. I'm James and today I'm joined by Rocco Dean. Hello. And Andy. Hello. The London Curse is back. <laughs> With a vengeance. You could count them up, couldn't you? I'm not going to do it, but even all the way back to the double handball against QPR and, ah, oh, I mean, there's just so much stuff. And then, yeah, that first goal was so annoying. The first three goals were so annoying. Not ours, not ours, ours were great. Yeah, anyway, I'll get told off for jumping ahead, no doubt. Well, there's no plan because I've not done any prep. I was so annoyed yesterday. That... Hang on, you know we prep this shite. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do believe it or not. But Paul does it way better than me, you see. Who's but... Paul? <laughs> but I, I haven't done any prep because I was just so annoyed. I was so annoyed about the result and I thought maybe it's just one of these sleep on it, you'll get over it. And I haven't. Really? No, I was really I'm, I'm all right about it. I'm quite happy. I'm happy that we competed and put up a good fight and it was a good match but obviously annoyed that we threw it away but I just I just expected it so much that it's not really yeah I'm, I'm more and if the VAR thing hadn't have happened um I'd have I'd have been quite content I think first goal not a goal second goal own goal off the back of the keeper third goal deflection off Bill mm. fourth goal lovely touch by the ginger Swede <laughs> then you know but we were goosed and done by then it's just so frustrating but Leads that. Well, that was the other thing that annoyed me, actually. Did, I think, it, has it actually gone down as Ben Davies's goal? Yeah, thankfully, or else it had gone worse on my fantasy football team. <laughs> that's a disgrace, though. Like, Aronson had that goal just taken off him, and then that's a, literally like a clear own goal, and they've just let Davies have it. Shocking. Top six bias. Our first goal, I mean, rewinding a little bit. Brendan... Don't be jumping backwards, James. Come on. Brent, Brent, Brendan Aronson... Uh... Some someone on our Instagram, he must have been just trolling because he was going to town on Brendan Aronson the other week and was comparing him to Tyler Roberts and saying that he was he was no better than Tyler Roberts. <laughs> now, if you've watched Brendan Aronson in the in the flesh, you will know that that is a complete well bollocks, really. And um, 
or for his lack of assists, the amount he brings to the game is uh, is is incredible. And I was pleased to just see him get an actual assist, and it was a great threaded pass to Somerville, who's got such a lovely little touch as well, hasn't he? I'd like to make a public apology to Crescencio Somerville. Go on. Sorry, Crescencio. I didn't think you were ready. Turns out you're the second coming of Christ. It's not Crescencio, is it? It's Cree, I believe. But it's Christ, Sencio. Yeah, he had another one, another great game. Yeah, I think everyone thought maybe the Fulham goal was just going to be it. And then he popped up at Liverpool, popped up again at Bournemouth and little Jimmy Somerville. Your mate Will was quite good too, wasn't he? Will Ignanto? No, your mate Will. <laughs> I typoed it. So he's he's now calling him Will and taking the mick out of me. I did, so Nyonto pick, picked up a knock quite early on, which was disappointing because I thought he was doing well. I didn't realise that. So he was injured the whole first half. He, he went down at one point, didn't he? And he looked injured and there was something that made me think he's actually struggling here. And the commentators had made something of it as well. So I don't know if he'd slowed down, you know, off, off screen or whatever, you know, just pulled up. But yeah, I got I got the impression he was he was carrying something. I thought it was being a fakeosaurus rex when he uh, said he got clawed in the face when he didn't. You're associating him with the 6-6 because he's Italian. That's that's wrong, is that, Andy? I'm offended. I, are you yeah. Italian? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I suppose you probably are, aren't you, actually? Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, I actually meant comparing him to what my kids call the cheetah. Anytime they see Richarlison, they go, oh, the cheetah's on. The cheetah. Mm. And he's a dirty little cheat, isn't he? He is. And that uh, ginger Swede as well, when he was pretending to be hurt, he stayed down for like three minutes when uh, Cooper forearm smashed him in the face and then as soon as he didn't get the decision he just jumped up and ran off i think we rattled them and they were there for the taking and that's what's just frustrating about it yeah i've got no idea how var didn't intervene like literally with the was the video ref at stockley park the only person like watching football that weekend to to disagree just to disagree with everyone and think that that goal should have stood so the fourth official said it to Jesse Marsh. The fourth official went, it's all right. It'll get ruled out. It's a clear foul, pal. Go. I wasn't even worried. I, I, I You no. know, there was just no way they could possibly, possibly allow it. And nearly all VAR decisions are perceptive. And like there was one yesterday on in the Villa game where like people seemed to think that Brighton should have had a penalty. And I didn't think it was a penalty. It was just sort of a coming together. I honestly think if you asked 100 fans even Spurs fans they would agree that that's a foul and if it isn't a foul can you imagine the mayhem going forward like imagine if now you're allowed to barge into the keep like that like that was a foul 60 years ago it's absolutely outrageous I've I've no idea what could have possibly gone on there it's just just baffling maybe they should have like an independent panel outside the stadium a bit like family fortunes our survey said and uh, (laughs) you get a decent answer you know a, a true answer 100 people would decide wouldn't they They'd all have to be vetted so they're not from Lancashire. I'd love to do. We should try and do this, actually. I'd love to see the top five worst VAR decisions against your club. And like the one that I could put forward for Leeds, if it could be beaten, I would be stunned. Like There's just no way. The amount of horrific ones that we've had. But I'd be really interested to see what, you know, what bad decisions other clubs have had against them because... Like, ours just seem like impossible to get wrong. It's like they've just literally not bothered looking or looked at the wrong thing or something. It's just so annoying. Like, I don't mind refereeing mistakes, but when they're looking at a video and not getting it right, it's just so annoying. It, it's a bit of a double whammy when you weigh it up against the Bamford goal that was disallowed at Arsenal because you think, well, that's pushing inside the box. It, and it's, it's, it makes both of them hurt even more. 
Speaking of which, you got some hammer for talking about sandy vaginas, didn't you, on Twitter? Oh, let's not talk about that. I apologise, Tosser. No, sorry. We'll send him on a course. He'll know what he's doing. <laughs> he will do better. Anyway, Rocco, how Italian are you? Uh, not very. A quarter. Um, but I like to play on it. I've got two first names as well. And you don't trust people with first two first names, do you? No. Mm, I, think, yeah. I think that's a very good rule to go by, really. It's not failed me once. The fact that Rocco is Italian and like quite irregular, does that let me off? Or? What does Rocco translate to? Yonto. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, not Robert. I've never never worked it out. Hmm. What's Ricky? <laughs> Ricardo. Well, yeah. This is good content. <laughs> is this this is a, nothing's <laughs> been planned. Exactly, <laughs> Andy. This is what I was saying to you. So, second goal for Leeds. Rodrigo has been criticised heavily in the last couple of seasons all of a sudden he's coming up trumps i was thinking about this people are sort of surprised that rodrigo's all of a sudden doing well but really we tried to play him as a 10 for the last few seasons and that was never what we intended to sign him for now he's getting a full show at, uh, in the number nine he's doing all right and he's shaking his head nah here's a question is he doing well in general play absolutely not he scored some goals happy with that but the rest of his play has been pretty guff. You could say that about Chris Wood. Could you? Yeah, definitely. Scored lots of goals. Was terrible. I thought, ter- thought ter- hold-up play was good. I no. thought he ran the, ran the lines well. No way. Brought others into play. This is it. This is this is what you get with strikers, and I think people are always split on them as well. I think like over the years, you get some people that love stri- love a certain striker, and some people that hate him. Rodrigo. Yeah, people have struggled with him because he hasn't. He's underperformed, but he's he's scoring goals now. He's playing number nine. He's doing his job. He's also setting up glorious goals for players like Bukayo Saka, isn't he? So you know, you wouldn't see Chris Wood playing it across his own half, would you? Across his own back line. We just don't see him playing anymore, do you? He scored the other day for Barcodes, didn't he? I think um, I think I'm happy to give Rodrigo credit now. Like nine goals, that's that's pretty good. And I mean, you know, what more can you ask? Like people are asking for a striker. How many Premier League proven strikers are there that are going to get you 20 goals a season? Like, there's probably 10 or 12. Like, how, how can we expect to, to, to just go and get one in January? Like, it, to me, it just sounds like wishful thinking. So, yeah, if we've got Rodrigo scoring like he is, even if he tails off a bit, he's, he's doing okay. Yeah, I think, I'm, I think I'm happy with him at this point. I just want more from his all-round play. I, st- I still think... Even though Bamford's been misfiring, we're a better team when Bamford's in the team. Yeah. If you go get Bamford scoring his goals, you've got the perfect striker. But yeah, but you don't, hey. And then add in the magic of Joffe, and then that really is a striker. Oh yeah. Well, I got a bit seedy there, didn't I? Sorry. <laughs> All right, into my own little dream world of strikers. I'm glad Rodrigo's doing better. And uh, yeah, I think we tweeted out the other day as as well, thanks to Matthew, who's been uh, doing his research, that there's only one player that scored more goals per minute in the Premier League, which is Erling Haaland. So that that tells you all we need to know about efficiency. When, when you know, you think at the start of the season, Jesse Marsh was one of his big complaints was Leeds United and a lack of efficiency. And you can't complain about that anymore. We've been exceptional. But exceptionally good at leaky from the back. Well, exactly what I was going to say. You counter that with the fact that we have hemorrhaging goals at the minute. And that was kind of one of the things that he also said when he first came in, that he was going to be more pragmatic. And we've conceded more goals in this first 14 games versus 
what we conceded last season for the same period. And Rocco, that also ties into your the argument and po- or sorry the point you made on last week's podcast where you said that under Bielsa we were terrible at defending. weren't terrible at defending. weren't terrible at defending. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what to really think of it. I mean, it, to be honest, when I like at the beginning of the season over the summer. I was worried we'd get relegated. And my main worry was the defence. Like It always sticks in my head, that Brighton home game, where they cut us open time and time again in that first half. They could have been three or four nil up. And, you know, to not address that. And I can sort of understand why, because we have got a lot of centre-backs who have played well at times in the past, but um, it seems to be seems to be coming to roost at the moment. And yeah, Cooper's making mistakes and he's, he's looking a bit forlorn and it's all, you know, is it the tactics? They're probably not helping. Um, it's, it's not good. Tactics? <laughs> Spurs got back to two all. They made a couple of changes. Um, and in that same period of time between us scoring our third goal, Tyler Adams picked up a yellow card. That wasn't a yellow card, by the way. No, it won't. No, I didn't think it was really as well. But it's one of those, isn't it, where that position on the football field is precarious, isn't it, when you get a yellow card because so much of it goes through you. We are talking about London Curse earlier. I went back in my head to QPR where Calvin got sent off um, in the just before COVID lockdown, I think it was, wasn't it, that he got sent off? And um, Dirty tackle that, though. Oh, yeah, it was dirty. But he's had quite a lot of sending-offs in his time. History tells you that that position, you just get it. And you kind of, the writing was on the wall for, for later on in the game as well, I think. So Rodrigo, for our third goal, I thought that was a brilliant finish. And well done to the referee in that situation as well, because he was clearly diving as well. It was a beautiful finish. Oh, unbelievable finish. A striker's finish, some might say. Hey, James. Nice by Rocker as well. It's a lovely little ball. Absolutely perfect for him just to take a touch. After that, not long after, five minutes after, Rodrigo Bentang... I can't pronounce it. Hang on, before we get onto that, we've got to discuss Rodrigo's celebration. It was glorious. (laughs) It was his best yet, wasn't it? Oh, it was unbelievable. Went it's to just, town on it. It's just such a shame. It was wasted and stood for nothing because the way he ran off, how do you describe it audibly? You can't, can you? <laughs> we still had the moment. It wasn't wasted. Did you? Oh, did, yeah. Did you enjoy it? Did you celebrate? I did. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed all three goals this week. Nice. Well, there you go. That's yeah. what it's all about. It's positivity. Progress. Yeah. I, I, I enjoyed it all until about the 82nd minute when Rodrigo Bentancur, there you go, poof, have some of that. <laughs> kicked it in off Luke Ayling's inside thigh and then after that oh. well that was the thing as well that was that's been heavily debated since then is is Luke Ayling coming into being a back five which had worked for us in the last couple of games granted there wasn't as much time left in the game post that change happening do you think that affected it do you, did it invite pressure as going into a back five did that was that kind of the crux of the problem it won't broke didn't need fixing. You know, sometimes like when you drop into a back five and usually it's like taking a striker out of the game, isn't it? And it's you like have two forwards drop to one forward or three forwards drop to two forwards and go into a back five. I think the biggest problem was it was Rocker coming off and 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 Ailing coming on because what that meant was that we were just overwhelmed in midfield. Fast forward that to Adams sending off is that he was doing all the running work, had no cover in midfield, so he took him out. So he had no other choice, really. So I think it caused a lot of pressure in midfield, and that's where we we came undone, really. I'm going to defend Jesse, and then I'm going to crucify him. I don't think the tactical change 
really made that much of a difference because I think Greenwood slipped back into the rock and roll. And then, and regardless of that, even like that had been happening all afternoon and getting in behind like that and players arriving on the edge of the box unmarked. In fact, that's been happening all season. So like, yeah, I, I don't really blame the tactics. But then he comes out after the game and he says, oh, yeah, I had we, like, we had the game perfectly under control. Well, if that's the case, why change it? Like, if, if that's really what he thought, then we didn't, you know, then he wouldn't have changed the formation. And, and then for him to, like, literally, like, call out the young players and then even he doubled down on it on Twitter as well. He's like, oh, yeah, now young players are going to learn. Like, what is that? Like, that really annoyed me. Like, why is he, why is he saying that? He blamed Tom Lees, didn't he? <laughs> he might as well have done yeah that's the thing with, with jesse like he'll i think he just i don't know I, 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 so much of the stuff that he says like i don't even know if he believes it i just feel like stuff comes out of his mouth like uncontrollably sometimes it was definitely a red card though so it wasn't a booking that was daft by the greatest player of all time wasn't it it's ridiculous, one, and he played so well he'd lived up to his reputation as the greatest of all times did he have a choice yeah. yeah, he lost his head and realised it straight away. Yeah, it was annoying. I think he's gone. Why has he gone to a back five and cost us the game? Bollocks <laughs> to this. I'm off to Qatar. The the saddest thing is him missing Man City game. Uh, I think that's a bit of a it's a bit of a consolation. It's a good one to miss, surely. Oh, I'd have loved to see him outperform Calvin because they, they no, he'll let Phillips play that game, won't he? Will uh, old. Guardiola, he'll let, he'll let Calvin probably captain him and give him game of his life. How many days is that away? Is it like 40 odd, isn't it? That's sickening, isn't it? I can't believe they moved it to 28th as well. It's, <sighs> just, it's just really frustrating. There's a six week gap or whatever there is. Man City, for me, are the best team in the league. I don't know what you two think on that. And they've just lost 2 1 in the 94th minute against Brentford. They've got to sit on it for six weeks, albeit of a World Cup in the middle, and they're going to come back vexed. And we mm. get them. Nice one. Well, they're taking 14 players, though. We're taking... Well, I say we're taking. We're allowing three to go to uh, the World Cup. So That's kind of us, wasn't it? Really kind of us. Exactly. So, I mean, that might have a bearing. They might come back and be a little bit tired. Yeah. Or not rusty. I, I saw earlier on as well that we are compensated by FIFA. Our teams are compensated by FIFA for their players going out to to tournaments such as the World Cup and I think we get like could potentially get up to like half a million I think for them going but then you think yeah and I think when you see the numbers that go for teams like Man City and there's like 14 I think this isn't this isn't fair is it like (laughs) they just keep they just keep on getting money life life as a mid-table side barely mid-table so overall opinions I mean Rocco you're you're sounding less and less a fan of Jesse Marsh no I'm just all over the place with it um I uh, at the moment, I feel like we'll be all right. Like I, I feel now, like we can be a good team, and you know, I'm excited to see. If, as long as Sinistera has not got a foreshore in injury, like Sinistera, Aronson, and Somerville is a really exciting three off uh, whoever it may be. And you know, the midfield's looking okay. Um, it always comes back to the tactics, but I think like. I think we've got enough to be okay. The big debate that keeps going on on Twitter and everywhere you read is is defense and like and players making defensive errors or whatever. Is it is it that we've got bad defenders and uh, 
Is it that it's just the tactics, like we say? Or Andy, as you would say. Tactics? I think it's just that they just all you've got to do is bypass our midfield or put one over the top to the side and you're in. Um, yeah. I do worry a little bit about the defence, but I think, like I said the other week, I think we've got the strongest 11 we've had since we've been back up. Like, on paper, like, solid, formed team. I disagree a little bit with Rocco. I think midfield worries me a bit. Now that Adams is, isn't there, I know Greenwood stepped in and had a good game. That's not the kind of squad depth you want if you're going to be sustainable in, in the middle of the Premier League, is it? So I'd, I'd like to see us in January, which I know we won't do. But if you know, if 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 it, there was some kind of footballing god, a striker, a centre mid, and a left back, and we'd be looking pretty steady in my book. Alice Forshaw and you see what I'd, I'd be happy with Dallas. If if Dallas was back as left back, I'd be buzzing. Or if Dallas was back as our midfield, I'd be buzzing. If Dallas was back as our striker, I'd be buzzing. If I, I just want Dallas back, he could be the goalkeeper for me. Do it once. Speaking of footballing gods. Uh, Marcelo Bielsa to Bournemouth. Yes. <laughs> I'm loving it. Make it happen. I'd love to see him back. I'd love to see him prove the Leeds board wrong, 100%. I, I'd, I'd, yeah, I I'd definitely want him to do well. If we go down, it's on us. Um, but yeah, I want Bielsa's uh, legacy to prove that his tactics work in the Premier League. So go on, Marcelo. You do you, love. I want Leeds to stay up. <laughs> it's not binary. Anything that strengthens Bournemouth is bad in my book. I need strengthens Bournemouth. I I hope he doesn't take it. You don't want to see him back? I'm not at Bournemouth, no. I want him to he go might somewhere. Take, in... He'll take points off all our rivals. And us. And then they'll stay up <laughs> and we'll go down. And it'll be awful. <laughs> I, 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 I want Leeds to do well, first and foremost. I love Bielsa. He's an absolute hero of mine. But... Not Bournemouth. I can't. I, I, what he got offered the River Plate job and said he couldn't take that because he couldn't go and play against uh, a, a stadium <laughs> named after himself. I I think we just quickly rename Ellen Road to the Marcelo Bielsa Stadium, even if it's just to the end of the season, and then that's it. I, I can't be doing with Bielsa going to Bournemouth. I'm sorry. What about you, James? Oh, man. Yeah, it's like every time I think about it, I just my stomach goes a little bit. I feel really sad. It's like why, why, please? Like I'm like you, Rocco. I think part of me wants him to come back and prove to everyone who doubted him, which was not the fans, that he deserves to be in the Premier League and that he can do it. But the other side of me is just wounded deeply, and I just, I just want him to stay in Argentina and be pictured getting on buses in Uruguay and stuff. <laughs> I don't like the thought of him managing against Leeds. No. Maybe he'll sit that one out. I Yeah, I can't see it. Well, I can see it, sadly. It would be the ultimate Leeds that moment, wouldn't it? There's one one game towards a bank holiday, isn't there? That could spin it all, sway it all. And I'm, I just want Leeds to stay up, first and foremost, and succeed. I'd like Bales to do well. But can't you just go do it somewhere like Bradford City? <laughs> Guide them. Like, you know, a football manager, when you just get someone, like, coming up through the leagues, I'd be happy with that. Like you say, his legacy deserves it, but not at our cost. And I think it'd cost us at the minute. Christ, was I just sensible for a minute? Yeah, I did it. About, yeah. yeah I, I, did, I did it. I did it. I should make a fart joke quick, should I? <laughs> is, is anyone going to watch the World Cup or not? Do you know what I saw a program was Gary Neville like on a program last night, and I thought like the, I just couldn't possibly bring myself to watch it. But I think when the World Cup's on and it's on during the day, and I'm working from home, 
it's going to be impossible not to not to you get involved. I hope you're happy to listen to this. It's always the same, isn't it? I've had it the last few tournaments where I'm not really bothered in the run up to it, and then all of a sudden I'm like, yes, let's go. I don't know whether it being in Qatar and all the the controversy around that will taint it. Possibly it will. Then ultimately you're watching football out here, and you just want your you want your team to do well. Italy, Rocco, they'll do well, yeah. won't they? <laughs> so what happened when we won your when well when you won Euros? Were you buzzing then? I'm well confused. No, it was absolutely horrible. I hated it. I I didn't want either team to score. It was absolute hell. So a quarter of you was buzzing, and three quarters of you was well pissed. Yeah, about yeah, I, I identify as half Italian. You see, so I am half half. What about you, Andy? You watching the World Cup? Of course you are. Nah, if it was on in my garden, I'd shut the curtains. Not bothered <laughs> for it at all. I, I, I mean, this is where I get a bit fickle. When Phillips was in the England squad, I was all over it and loving it. But now he's gone to Man City and he's going to probably play in the World Cup after not playing for however long. I'm not bothered. Do you remember when David Ealy scored against England? Mm. I was loving my life. <laughs> And I feel that if Brendan Aronson scores against England, I'll probably be loving my life. And I'm an Englishman, proud Englishman. Yeah. I find it so hard to relate to the English national team because there's so many players there that I frankly despise. I share that. Uh, my relationship with England has been so weird. I'm so up and down. Like in the last World Cup, I was like completely like 100% behind England, like loving it and really excited and devastated when they lost the semi. I just don't think I'll feel like that this time. Name me some England players that you actually like. Um, I mean, Calvin, I still like, but yeah, I'm, I'm not interested in seeing him. Matteo, Matteo Joseph has uh, <laughs> been given a call up, I believe, to the under 20 odds, I think. I don't know how that works, but it's happening. Mm. The, the England ones? Yes. Yeah. See, I'm all about the under 21s when Charlie Cresswell's Barmy Army's flying <laughs> the flag. Exactly. Exactly. I, I, I can't be getting behind Maguire, Pickford. Who else is there? Dyer. Well, yeah, that's exactly it, mate. Dyer. Kane. Kane. Don't mind Kane, actually. Apart from when he scores dubious goals that shouldn't be allowed against Leeds United. It's Hendo there. Don't know who that is. (laughs) It was actually a lovely finish by Kane, uh, regardless of the foul. I don't care. It was against us. It makes me sad. Uh, But yeah, uh, long story short. Yeah, Jordan Henderson's going. Oh, Jordan Henderson. Don't like him. about Dean? Jesse Marsh said that he doesn't care, does he? Yeah, I don't believe that either. That no. was that was one of those things where you like you're at school and you have to vehemently deny something, like. But he's actually active in wanting to be the the USA manager. It's like he's been called out on it and he had to yeah defend himself. Went too far the other way, didn't he? As if he won't want to be the manager of USA going into them being the host nation at the next one. Maybe that's our out. <laughs> Yeah, maybe it is, but maybe it might be soon. It'd be better sooner, I think, in your eyes, wouldn't it, Andy? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's unfair. No. I, th- I think probably closing on this point, and like you said, Rocco, it's just confusing. It's just confusing whether it's working, like whether Leeds United is working or, or, or not. We are shipping so many goals. We are now scoring a decent amount, but it's so obvious where the problems are. And I think going back to what I said earlier about pragmatism, where is the pragmatism? Like we haven't really changed that the way that we defend. So yeah, that that's what's frustrating for me. I think we're capable of doing better, but for some reason we're not. 
Well, it's quite obvious to me where the where the problems lie, and that's at board level. We, we've seen it again in the last week or so when they said, oh, here they go, the 49 is going to chuck it in and buy it now. It's like, well, are you? Because if we go into January with a split board again and miss out and end yeah. up getting shafted because Rodgers don't want to spend his money because he don't want to waste it if he's going to sell it. And if they're going, oh, well, I don't want to put money into a club going down and then buy it. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The whole thing's ghost. We just need some clarity. If we get some clarity, we can progress and move forward. But at the minute, we're not having this and no one knows what they're doing. Yeah. And because of that, the football club's stuttering. Again, a sensible comment from me. Uh, no, I was really annoyed at that when that news came out. Because it's like, I think it's like shining a light on the 49ers that they just they just don't care like if you know they've got this option we are in trouble like whether anyone likes it or not we are in trouble and now is the time to step in and if they like i think eddie gray said someone said that eddie gray had said that you know in the summer they're going to invest really heavily and we're going to be a top six side well if there's any truth in that they do it now and 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 show their actual ambition to protect your investment wouldn't you protect your investment yeah i just i mean what you you just can't read into it anything else apart from they're either complacent or you know they just don't care and or don't care enough and they just wait and see what happens and then yeah it's just it's a bad look for me it's they need to do it now the the other thing as well is that they have two possibly three brilliant assets if they if their overall goal is to is to expand Leeds United into the American market because that's where like you know we're football we're football fans we're fans of Leeds United but they soccer. But they they look at it as a commercial entity where they can make loads of money out of it. Now, Brendan Aronson and Tyler Adams and Jesse Marsh are their route to market there. So now is the time to capitalize. If we go down, there's no way that they'll stick around. There's no there's no way we'll have them for them to market. So now's the time. MVP. Oh, MVP. I, I mean, we're jumping around all over the place. This is why we plan, Andy. This is why we plan. But babies haven't allowed me to do that this week. So I haven't. MVP, man of the match. How many babies you got? Uh, my MVP is Mr. Tyler Adams. Um, I thought he was absolutely brilliant. And yeah, shame about the mistake at the end, but I thought he was awesome in midfield. So he controlled the game. He was he was the best player on the park um, against a lot of very expensive, rich six players. Um, so yeah, he con- continues to impress. Good lad. Andy smashed Rich Allison, didn't he? Lovely. Beautiful. Andy, MVP. I'm going to surprise you here. Rodrigo. That didn't surprise me. I thought he finished very, very well. His second goal was outstanding. And his celebration was even better. I just wish we'd seen it out. He's been guff a lot for me. But he did very well for me in this game. So, uh, well done. I just remembered that other chance that Somerville uh, just hit straight at Lloris. Like, the game could have been so different, couldn't it? We had a scored that. Mm. VAR had a stepped in. There we go. Not to be. Could have lost five two, couldn't we? Rodrigo for me as well. It feels a bit obvious, given it's someone who scored two goals when we lose, um, and we concede four. But he's come on a lot this season. Like when he plays as a striker, that's that's you know he fits that perfectly. And I think we know that now. So let's stop trying to play him as a ten, and because he is doing well in that position. So yeah, Rodrigo for me. Um, can I can I plug myself, please? Is it past watershed? <laughs> I'm doing a book signing at Waterstones in Harrogate on Saturday. Bloody 12, 12 and 2. So um, if anyone wants to come and keep me company while I'm sat there on my tar doing nothing, 
Um, it would be lovely to see and chat about Leeds and Jesse and League One. You do books? Non-stop, churning them out, left, right and centre. Curls them out. It's unlicensed. He's not actually in Waterstones. He's going to be outside on a trestle table. <laughs> yeah, so come on down um, and have a chat. Do you know what, Rocco? I don't think we have anything planned this Saturday, so I am going to come into Harrogate. Come say hello. Andy, are you coming down? <laughs> yeah, like like James, I've got no plans. So I, but yeah, um, good good luck with that, mate. I hope it's uh, hope you've got a fresh quill and some nice ink at the ready. Thank you very much. Good, oh. good. Uh, another sensible comment. Everyone who hasn't got a copy, buy it. And if you do live locally to Harrogate, go and see Rocco Dean at Waterstones. Oh, and if you've enjoyed the books, um, please uh, leave a little review on Amazon. That'd be nice as well. Thank you. It was my birthday at the weekend, so that can be a birthday present to me. Happy birthday, Rocco. Do you know what, you should, you know what you should do? You should go into the world of uh, audio books. I know. We've had that idea, actually. We've been talking about it, haven't we? All right, then. <laughs> we worked it out. It was something like, I can't remember how many hours. Was it like 30, 40 hours of recording? Yeah. And then coupled in with editing yeah, but, well. but then that had definitely sent your kids to sleep Jim so it had been absolutely <laughs> perfect <laughs> you were just teeing up for that weren't you he's such a bastard <laughs> right that's it um, I don't think there's anything else for us to cover let's all have fun going into the World Cup it's going to ramp up all the advertising for it now so we might start to get a bit more excited and hopefully we will be as excited when we're back on the podcast next week after we've witnessed England win a game and USA maybe win a game or maybe both. Yay. See you next time. Podcast Network.